0: Medicine and medical techniques and procedures move real fast. During this time of COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2, it's been shown that patients who develop moderate or severe ARDS seem to do better with prone positioning. But what about pregnant patients with ARDS from this infection? Is prone positioning safe in this patient population? Well, in this episode, we're going to review why prone positioning seems to be a value for moderate or severe ARDS in patients with COVID-19. And we're going to review an article that's published ahead of print from Obstetrics and Gynecology, the Green Journal, that actually does show that prone positioning in pregnant patients can be done. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practices because medicine moves fast. This is Clinical Pearls. A substantial proportion of patients with coronavirus-19 develop severe respiratory failure and require mechanical ventilation, most often fulfilling criteria for acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS. The characteristics of these patients are heterogeneous, consistent with what is known about ARDS. Inflammatory edema leads to varying degrees of lung collapse resulting in ventilation perfusion ratio mismatch, including a significant shunt fraction. Additionally, lung microthrombi are suspected and result in different levels of dead space and inefficient ventilation. In sedated patients, gravitational forces lead to lung atelectasis and this occurs in the dependent lung regions and the remaining aerated lungs available for gas exchange become small. Insufficient hypoxic vasoconstriction, another feature of ARDS that contributes to the VQ mismatch, is suggested by the finding of hypoxemia with relatively preserved compliance in some patients. Vigorous breathing efforts among patients with moderate and severe ARDS during spontaneous or assisted invasive or non-invasive ventilation can actually worsen lung injury and result in patient self-inflicted lung injury. Strong respiratory efforts lead to large negative swings in pleural pressure, generating excess lung stress and strain and increased lung edema due to negative transalveolar pressure. Because of atelectasis in the dependent regions, the force generated by diaphragmatic contractions remains predominantly localized in regions close to the muscular portion of the diaphragm and generates a pressure gradient inside the lung, with displacement of gas from non-dependent to dependent areas. This phenomenon increases regional lung stress and strain even in the absence of large tidal volumes. Patients with this condition, the prone position can improve oxygenation and can potentially result in less injurious ventilation. Because of a higher density of pulmonary vessels in the dorsal lung region, independent of gravity, the change of ventilation distribution while prone relative increase in ventilation in the dorsal non-dependent areas results in improved VQ matching and oxygenation. The prone position has been shown in conscious COVID-19 patients that require basic respiratory support to improve oxygenation and reduce the need for invasive ventilation and possibly may reduce mortality. Randomized control trials involving ARDS patients have shown oxygenation is better when patients are prone. For patients that are having ventilatory assistance, the duration is typically 16 hours that they are kept on their stomach. They return to lie on their backs for the rest of the time. Well, that's all fine and understood in the non-pregnant population. But what about the affected pregnant patient? Well, let's review that next. Ventilator management for pregnant patients differs from a non-pregnant individual because the aim is pregnancy-specific relative hypocapnia. Remember, that's a decrease in PaCO2. When severe lung pathology prevents hypocapnia, permissive hypercapnia or elevated PaCO2 may be tolerated in favor of maintaining lung-protective ventilatory strategies like a low-tidal volume ventilation and positive and expiratory pressure to reduced and exhalation atelectasis all while preventing hyperinflation by limiting the plateau pressure. Permissive hypercapnia is not contraindicated in pregnancy. Mild hypercapnia, which is defined as a PACO2 of fifty to sixty millimeters of mercury, is generally acceptable, but PaCO2 levels greater than 60 have been associated with decreased uterine blood flow and increased fetal intracranial pressure in animal models. The weight gain and pressure of the gravid uterus in advanced pregnancy may limit achieving plateau pressures less than 30 esophageal pressure monitoring is an option to help distinguish lung pressure from chest wall pressure by eliminating transpulmonary pressure, the distention pressure of the lungs. High PEEP strategies often employed for acute respiratory distress syndrome have known physiologic effects of decreased preload and cardiac output. Given the risk of aortocable compression by the gravid uterus combined with fetal placental needs for cardiac output, high PEEP strategies beyond 10 should be pursued very cautiously and require ongoing monitoring of maternal and fetal status. The use of sedation and paralytics to improve oxygenation is not contraindicated during pregnancy. However, doses may need to be increased owing to the increased volume of distribution. In the presence of ARDS of any etiology, the prone position as we've just covered has some proven beneficial effects on oxygenation and mortality. Recent global anecdotal reports have also found the prone positioning to be particularly helpful for patients with COVID-19 who have moderate or severe respiratory compromise. Now, although data are limited, case reports and expert experience suggest that pregnant women may be safely prone and that prone positioning may, in fact, be particularly useful in these patients, owing to its ability to relieve both diaphragmatic compression from abdominal contents and aortocaval compression from the gravid uterus if it's performed correctly. Now, a recent case of a pregnant woman at 31 weeks of pregnancy with COVID-19 who had severe ARDS included the successful use of prone positioning, and that's in the literature. Prone positioning during pregnancy requires special considerations. Now, even though prone positioning can work for the pregnant patient, there are some special considerations. For example, if she is post-op from a C-section within 48 hours, then there should be special consideration to prevent incisional complications and pain in this immediate post-op period. Also, prone positioning for patients at 34 weeks of pregnancy or more can be very challenging because of the large gravid uterus. So in these cases, it is possible to consider delivery in order to help the prone positioning now in a postpartum state. Furthermore, special attention must be paid to padding above and below the gravid uterus to offload the uterus and avoid aortocable compression particularly in late pregnancy, and this is defined as after 24 or obviously over 28 weeks. Although padding specific to the gravid uterus is commercially available, prone positioning can also be safely achieved with just pillows and blankets that is found in any inpatient setting. Now, fetal monitoring, of course, in this prone position can be very technically challenging, but nonetheless, continuous external fetal monitoring is recommended after 24 weeks. It is reassuring to note that there are publications coming to light, like the one that's published ahead of print in Obstetrics and Gynecology, The Green Journal, that's listed under a current commentary and the data for this podcast came from that publication. The lead author on this current commentary is Mary Catherine Tolcher and the title is Prone Positioning for Pregnant Women with Hypoxemia Due to Coronavirus Disease 2019. In short, management of severe respiratory disease in pregnant women during this current pandemic is obviously very complex. If prone positioning is performed correctly, taking into account the pregnant anatomy and physiology, then pregnancy should not be viewed as a contraindication to this potentially beneficial therapy. Delivery should be considered as a component of the management of refractory hypoxic respiratory failure or worsening critical illness in any pregnant woman, especially if they're at 32 weeks or more. However, as in all cases of critical illness during pregnancy involving moderate or severe ARDS in the setting of COVID-19, maternal care and delivery decisions are best individualized after a multidisciplinary discussion and treatment approach. We're glad that you're part of our podcast family, so we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.